This episode of the Cinema Geekly Podcast is brought to you by HostGator.com. If you're interested in looking for your own personal website, business website, starting your own blog, HostGator is the place to go with web hosting plans starting as low as $7.16 a month. HostGator offers tons of disk space and bandwidth, 24-7 support, all based in the United States, instant backups of your website, 99.9% uptime guarantee, easy to use, easy to set up. Get a domain name with HostGator.com and start your website today. And use the coupon code CINEMAGEEKLY for 25% off of your first order. for the Cinema Geekly Podcast, episode 47. My name is Anthony Lewis. I'm Aaron DeLosa. I'm Glenn Bovey. Thanks for checking us out on CinemaGeekly.com, Facebook, Twitter, Google+, and Tumblr. Uh, hey, news on the Google Plus front. We uh, we finally got enough people following us on Google+, Plus that uh, the the good people over at Google actually gave us a, a, a custom, a vanity username to use on Google+, Plus. so we're you can now easily find us on Google Plus instead of having to type in plus.google.com slash 84732 uh, Now they can to... just search Google Plus and uh, zombie sex chat, right? Is that what you <laughs> went for? Absolutely. <laughs> nice. Um, nope, now we're easily just uh, now we're easily just findable uh, easily findable now. It's plus.google.com slash plus cinema geekly. Uh, so we have a, a nice vanity username. Uh, although wouldn't it just be easier to have googleplus.com instead of the plus.google, but what the fuck do I know? I thought people stopped using those weird uh, those weird subdomain addresses a long time ago, but I guess not. Uh, but that's where we are on all the social medias, uh, as per usual. We missed a... I believe we missed a week. Uh, you had a... Bir- Aaron, you had a birthday. Well, you didn't have a birthday, but you had a birthday in the household that you were celebrating. Correct. And, uh, and I guess... Scheduling-wise, things just didn't work out between Glenn and I, and uh, too lazy to do a sub-mini-episode thing. So, we've got a lot of shit to talk about. Uh, let's let's rewind all the way back to, uh, to uh, I guess, everything we, we started missing. Uh, first and foremost, uh, Aaron being proven correct, as usual, about the, the Ben Kingsley secret Marvel project, which I think he did, in fact, confirm was a one-shot. Uh, and uh, and furthermore, I believe the quote that was that was provided was that one thing I know for sure: nobody's going to be apologizing for the Mandarin twist anytime soon. So that I mean, that almost seems to confirm that almost everything you said or or postulated was correct. That it's gonna Ben Kingsley's involved. It's gonna be in relation to the Mandarin, and there's gonna be some kind of Mandarin-y reveal of some kind. You're goddamn right there is. Either he was really the Mandarin all along, or there's some other real Mandarin that we're going to meet, or something like that. Yeah, I mean, something's going to be revealed. Like, like I said, I mean, previously, there's no way they would waste, you know, SBK like that and not make him, like, someone they can bring back again. Absolutely. Um, 
we're going to talk about Thor the Dark World in a little bit, but we did... Loved it! <laughs> we did get... Uh, liked it quite a bit. Bastards. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, did, we did get, for a very short time the mid credit scene that leaked Aaron got it up on Facebook real quick. And then I was very, I, w- I was then also very quick <laughs> to download it. Cause we did this with the Godzilla trailer. Like it popped up and I'm like, Oh, this is going to get taken down. We with should like start... e- every trailer mid scene, mid scene teaser has been out in the past year. You know, we've done it this way, right? We should hop on it and then put it up on the server and put it up on the website. And, uh, I, I put that mid credit scene up on the website and no more than I, I was five to ten minutes later, and I get an email from Marvel <laughs> being like, "Mickey Mouse is pissed. Take this, take this link off of your website right now, or the Goofy's gonna come over and curb stomp you." You know, it was very, very rudely worded uh, letter from. Mar- but no, they they got to us really fast. Yeah, they, they they took that mouse dick and just slapped it right across our collective faces. Yeah, we we didn't stand a chance. I mean, I was no. just like, look, it's not worth it for this mid credit <laughs> scene from Thor: The Dark World. I will, in fact, take this off of the website. Uh, and then I, I pleaded forgiveness from the Mighty Mouse, but. Uh, yeah, we, we still we're still here, living and breathing. So I guess they decided to not uh, seek full vengeance on us for posting their mid credit scene. I'll tell you, the next time this happens, one of us might end up with a broken arm or something for a while. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. We're gonna have to be post post carefully. Tread they were this. really quick on it. Though. I mean, I, I I took that as a as a badge of honor. I mean, you know, yeah. maybe we're we're, we're not as hacky as we think. <laughs> well, let me let me just let me just say this. You remember how everybody was was uh, posting the. Uh, God, what was that ridiculous story? The the Brian Cranston as uh, Lex Luthor, and they're mm-hmm. all pulling it from that cosmic book news. Oh Ev- God! Everybody was reporting this everywhere, mm-hmm. uh, and they're all sourcing that website. And uh, the last time I checked, Cosmic Book News still has that mid credit scene. So they're they're so low on the on the actual radar that Marvel didn't even notice. Yeah, that's right. Is you it still up on Cosmic Book? Whatever the hell. <laughs> So they're still up on 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 their website. I do. I take I take that as a as a sign of respect from Marvel. They're like, we we see what you guys are doing over there. Now knock it off. Uh, Glenn Glenn provided uh, quite a bit of content over the course of the week. Uh, starting off with a review for Twelve Years a Slave. Obviously, that's getting all sorts of ridiculous uh, props. It's going to be uh, many many award nominations coming forth for that movie. Uh, and you dug it quite a bit. Uh, uh, Want to give me like a little bit of a uh, an overall, you, I think you gave it. Did you give it what four geeky glasses or four and a half uh, or something? Four and a half. I think I gave, gave it four and a half. I just I couldn't quite give it a five. It wasn't just, per, it wasn't perfect. It was no like everything they did was good. I guess like Shawshank Redemption, like they didn't do anything wrong. They just didn't do enough. I guess I don't know. Right, right. Like it, it just the movie, it just kind of ends. Which I don't know if that's kind of the point because I don't know. I get. I mean, I guess whenever he was a slave, and all this, he didn't know what was going to end, and it just kind of ended. Mm-hmm. And that's just kind of how it was. Just all of a sudden, uh, uh, you know, he gets rescued. It's like, oh, 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 okay. I didn't. I was okay. I, I guess it's the end of the movie now. And they all lived happily ever after. Yeah. Or right. like in Captain America, it's like all of a sudden he's going to get on the plane. And like, oh, oh, the end of the movie's happening. He's going to crash the plane into the ice. I see where this is going. This right, is right. that's kind of like happened with it. It was just like, oh, this is going to end now. 
it just came very obviously to you like this yeah. is oh this is where the movie ends um yeah. but you still liked it an awful lot yeah it was so. it was so good uh depth of field in that movie was amazing british people really know how to tell us our own history and uh, i think they, is what they it sure do. Do. <laughs> they act it better than we do and they direct it better than we do and they tell it better than we do um they should really just you know what we should just say sorry for the whole revolution thing let's just come <laughs> on uh you know god save the queen everybody <laughs> Let's just go back to that. All most of my favorite shows are British. Come on, let's just let's just Aaron, are you with me here? Let's just let's just go back over to to Merry Old London and let's just uh, give up all of our constitutional freedoms and live under uh, live under the rule of uh, of the Queen. No. Oh no, I, I was busy packing my socks as you were going through that. So, <laughs> like, that is... so convincing, right? It's like, man, I, I'm ready to go. Uh, Glenn uh, followed up with his uh, for the ladies blog with a, a part two talking about some video gaming and whatnot. Um, you don't you don't see an awful lot about that, but I mean it's it's certainly been encroaching more and more, uh, especially mm-hmm. since the last set of next gen consoles came out. Um, girl geek gaming culture has gotten a lot bigger. Um, uh, were you touching on just that or the, the roles women are now getting in video games, which is for the longest time been like super heavily, like male dominated for obvious reasons. Yeah, it's I, that and three, which I, I don't know what happened. Uh, it just doesn't exist anymore. Uh, <laughs> apparently it's not on my computer for some reason. Uh, we're all just going to be about just the better roles women are getting in general. And, that, <laughs> and uh, but yeah, so I don't know what happened to three. It just doesn't exist. So sorry about the promise of four and only getting three. I think the Marvel IT group got in and taught you a little lesson. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's that's hanging out on uh, on the website. Uh, this news uh, came out a couple days ago uh, from Variety. Uh, apparently, Bad Robot is saying Attack the Block director Joe Cornish is uh, Paramount's top choice to direct the third Star Trek movie. Uh, I know, I think way back when, Aaron, we talked about like maybe possible directors once they made it official that J.J. Abrams wasn't going to be directing and just producing. Um, and he was, I, I think he was on both of our lists uh, he was. To, to direct. And fr- from, what I've, from what I've gathered, he's been offered the chance before and turned it down. And this is his second offer. And he's, I guess, mulling the... Uh, mulling the options um if nobody's seen attack the block it's like a it's more like a i want to say an indie cult movie but with pretty good special effects yeah Uh, it's like you take Shaun of the dead and you make them aliens not zombies and then mm -hmm. you you take the kids from misfits but before they had superpowers and they have to go fight these aliens now yeah and it's it's really good uh and this would be his first big budget movie if he if he took it on but i would be i would be so happy i mean i i like the eye that he had he i don't know attack the block looked great and i i don't know i i just thought it was a i mean we you know aaron you know i don't have to tell you we we talked about it when the movie came out we said that not enough people are going to see it and more people should uh and i think that still stands it's it's excellent people should go absolutely um, so yeah, I, I'm I'm approving. Uh, Glenn, do you have any any thoughts or opinions? Yeah, no, I love the I love Attack the Block. The movie was great. Okay, I mean, yeah, for for me, I don't know what any other what other options are out there. Rupert Wyatt, maybe. Um, I'm not sure who else I would like to see directing a you know a Star Trek movie, but 
I don't know. The uh, to me, if they if they go with Joe Cornish, I'll be I'll be very happy. That'll be that'll be more than good enough for me. Uh, let me see. We're gonna try to combine all of the Doctor Who talk because there's been uh, a few things that have uh, popped up recently. But uh, so let's let's talk about how um, uh, the news surrounding it's not really been news surrounding Agents of Shield, but they've basically more or less confirmed what we already pretty much figured is that they're going to be intersecting and leading into uh, other Marvel properties. Uh, they announced that there's going to that they have an upcoming episode that's going to be dealing with the aftermath of the Thor film and that the season finale, right, Aaron, is uh, going to be... Going to go right into the, the Winter Soldier. Into the Winter Soldier, right. Yep. Uh, do we know... Uh, I guess we can... Again, I don't really want to start talking about Thor right this second because I've totally run in with this theory in the back of my mind, but it all kind of works in with this news. Uh, so if you aren't watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. yet, if you still aren't sold, I thought the I thought last week's episode with the uh, the Chitauri helmet guy uh, and the disease and everything, I thought that was a really good episode. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, uh, the whole thing about the show is like, you know, it, it's typical Joss Whedon. I mean, you know, it's going to be a slow burn mm-hmm. so that you can actually learn, you know, to care for the characters before a bunch of, you know, bad, st- bad stuff starts happening to them. Like, that's the one complaint I'm kind of picking up on uh, from a lot of different places is that people are like, oh, it's too slow. Nothing ever happens, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's like, you, you really got to. They've already confirmed it's going to be back for a second season. I mean, with the movies coming out now, there's going to be more and more tie-ins. Like, the show is just going to grow, and hopefully, you know, it goes more like Buffy instead of Firefly, where people actually stick with it and want to give it a shot. Right. Um, the uh, And the big – and by the way, the big news that is tied into that is uh, – and I, and I guess we'll, we'll just jump into this right now, even though it's more recent – uh, Netflix and Marvel announced a partnership where they are going to produce uh, not one, not two, not three, but four live-action Marvel series followed, and then those I believe are going to be followed with a Defenders miniseries also on Netflix. And uh, they're giving shows to uh, Jessica Jones, Iron Fist, Luke Cage, and uh, Daredevil. Correct, sir. Um, I don't know jack shit about Jessica Jones, but I know Iron <laughs> Fist and Luke Cage and uh, and Daredevil. So, is is there something I'm missing? Am I missing the boat on Jessica Jones at all? Because I, I hear Jessica Jones and it's like average name, and then I looked her up and it's like, well, she can fly and she has super strength. Okay, so that's like a lot of other superheroes. Am I missing the boat elsewhere with that particular character? Is that a show worthy uh, well, well, character? And the, the fact that also, you know, she is a, a shield agent. So I mean, she kind of mm-hmm. she's on both sides of the fence there. Like you know, kind of along the lines of Captain America, except she's definitely more uh, of, I guess, a. Uh, I don't know, of a more super superpower instead of just like a souped up you know regular guy. She actually like I said she can fly. You know right, she's right. like a female Superman almost. Uh, so she's kind of walking the line as far as just being agent heroes. I mean you know it, she is a bit interesting. Is that why the name is so? I think the name is she's so being included not... as on the show is just that because she is part of the Defenders. So I mean that right. I, I think it's just easy for them to do just to build up the the female superheroes a little more as well. Her being a Shield agent does that. Uh... Does that explain why the name is so not superhero-y? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, that's that's excellent then. I didn't know she was a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent, so that actually explains an awful lot. I'm like, why doesn't she have some sort of like, superhero-y type name? But that actually <laughs> explains a lot and actually adds a little bit to it. Um, which out of the four characters are you thinking is... Um, w- would it be... Would it be too on the nose to say that Daredevil is likely to be the more the more popular 
of them. Is, is there another one of the superheroes you think is actually more fertile ground for a good show? Well, uh, I, Iron uh, Iron Fist and Luke Cage, like you know, uh, if they if they do do a separate show for him, which so far as we know, that's what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think really the way they should go with that is they should combine them to have them both be heroes for hire because together, you know, they are they're, they're just they're not really mercenaries. They're not you know at at this point in time early in in their careers they weren't Avengers or anything like that. They would just literally they would be like the A team almost. People would hire them to come in, you know, beat up the bad guys, and then you know then they're on their merry ways. Right. So I, I think combining those two together, I mean, I know that that's the one I'm most looking forward to, but it also depends on who they cast to play these guys. I mean, absolutely. It, right. it, if the fanboy's dream come true comes and, uh, you know, say it's uh, the, the guy who played Dexter, uh, Michael C. Hall, who plays, you know, Daredevil, you know, that could get a lot of people pumped up. Right. Or so they I mean, somehow it, magically it get the proves. rocks to be Luke Cage or something like that. I, I, I like the rock. I do not think he is exactly perfect for Luke Cage. No, probably not. I mean, I, I don't know Luke Cage all that well. I just know him from the few things that I've seen the character in and mostly animated stuff, but it doesn't necessarily seem like something he would excel in per se. I mean, from the physical standpoint or whatever and beating people up and whatnot. Um, sure. Uh, are you, are Glenn, or what do you, I mean, uh, out of those shows, what are you looking forward to the most? Is there one in particular that you're like, oh, I can't wait to see what they do with this? Daredevil, just to see if it's any good. Can, they, go can they fix it? Uh, no, I know, like, I've been to cons and stuff, and Ray Park, who's Darth Maul and Snake mm-hmm. Eyes, he's always said, like, his dream character is to be Iron Fist. He said that's what he was born to be, was Iron Fist. So I think that would be cool if he actually got to be Iron Fist, since that's what he's always wanted to do with his life. I, I, I could that, see right? that, but I, I think just due to his age, like, there's oh, yeah, absolutely no way that's going to happen. Yeah, he's getting old. The the I will tell you the perfect guy uh, who I think should be uh, Luke Cage is uh, Henry Simmons. I don't know no, recently what him. he's been up to. Uh, he was on uh, he was on uh, NYPD Blue as uh, Detective Baldwin Jones. Uh, Scott, though, he definitely looks a lot like everything I've seen from Luke Cage for sure. Yeah, the, the very short lived but brilliant show Man Up. Uh, with Dan Fogler, he was uh, he was on that too in Ravenswood. Uh, yeah, he's he's absolutely phenomenal. Like, uh, if there's anybody I think you could do Luke Cage, it's this guy. Uh, he was also maybe not so famously on Second Generation Wayans as well. Oh, <laughs> so I don't know. No, I mean obviously that's not gonna kill him or anything. I mean, for God's sakes, he was in Medea's family reunion as well, and we're not holding that against him, so... <laughs> as long as he doesn't turn up a Grown Ups 3, then, then we'll be okay. He was in the Cosby Mysteries, everybody. That's just good enough for me, so... I'm, I'm totally fine with this. He was in an, yeah. a, an episode of the Cosby Mysteries in 1994. Uh, <laughs> Cinema Geekly Podcast, looking up... <laughs> <laughs> looking up actors' IMDb pages and reading them to you one at a time. Alphabetical order. Uh, third You're trailer... <laughs> <laughs> Third trailer for the Desolation of Smog came out. Um, they went darker tone with this trailer. Um, I, you know, I don't know. I didn't feel like the second trailer was as light footed, and the first one was definitely was lighter in tone and stuff. And I thought the second one was a little dark, but this one was almost like all dark shit uh, and not nice things. Um, they really don't need to sell me, but for other people that may need selling, I, I would recommend checking it out. I think it's the best. Uh, trailer of the bunch. So if you're not sold on seeing a, a second Hobbit movie, uh, I, I would recommend checking out. It looks pretty good. Uh, Doctor Who, the uh, the fiftieth anniversary day of the Doctor. The the synopsis came out. Aaron, um, was there was there anything in the synopsis that 
we didn't previously know, or was this all brand new information that came out? Uh, nothing really seems entirely uh, too new to me. I guess the uh, as far as what they covered when they say that you know the, the Doctor and Clara have been called to check out you know something. I mean, we always knew there'd be some kind of a weird lead-in where they would discover something that shouldn't be that would kick off this whole thing. But uh, other than that, there's really nothing uh, too new that we didn't already know. Right. Uh, I, I know on top of the, uh, the the trailer you managed to get up, they actually just released uh, like just a couple minutes ago uh, an extended version of that trailer. They added uh, another thirty seconds to it. So ah, oh, cripes! <laughs> Hold on, we'll you be... guys. We're gonna pause the podcast while I go watch this Doctor Who trailer. <laughs> <laughs> no, I will. I will have to. I will have to. I'll blue ball it, and I'll wait until we're done here. But uh, I'm not gonna be happy about it. No, but right. it sounds like when I mean, we've got Facebook right now. <laughs> we've, got, we've got we've got three doctors and three uh, kind of separate plots. It, it, it reads like in 2013, something terrible is awakening in London's National Gallery. In 1562, a murderous plot is afoot in Elizabethan. Elizabeth is that correct? Elizabethan. Elizabethan. Yep. Elizabethan England. And uh, somewhere in space, an ancient battle reaches its devastating conclusion. One would presume that they're referring there to the Time War. Yep. Um, and yeah, as Aaron mentioned, there was the the TV trailer from uh, BBC that we uh, we popped up, and it looked excellent. Uh, Matt Smith is wearing a fez, so everybody wins. And uh, I don't know, it looked uh, it looked spectacular. I'm, yeah, I'm excited. If you like that first one, you're really gonna love the second one. In it, the uh, the doctors have a have a bit of a sonic screwdriver envy against one another. Oh, so excellent! I'm, and, I'm, and David Tennant, you get to hear him say Alonzi again. I mean, it's, so it, it, it they definitely hit the nerd highlights uh, for it. So it's uh, God, I, I'm I'm frothing. I'm so excited for this. Um, so CW released some news. They're uh, obviously they're giving us Arrow, which is awesome, and. They are uh, working on launching that uh, the Barry Allen Flash TV show, mm-hmm. but Variety reported that CW is now working on a TV series for Our Man. Uh, I write here on Facebook. If you don't know much about Our Man, don't worry, you're probably not alone because I did not. I have never heard of this guy before now, but um, it sounds like he's kind of like a psychic vigilante. He sees something that happens like an hour before it's going to happen, and then he tries to stop it. Is that uh, is that about correct? No. As far as I'm aware, uh, yeah, that's about correct. I mean, I was with you on this one. This goes a little bit beyond uh, the extent of, uh, of my comic book knowledge. Uh, this guy here, so Glenn, you're just a DC the, guy. The cursory look, what I, what I gave from, yeah, it's looks about right. Do you got any more information on our man? Yeah, he has like a he has like he has like a pill that he takes and it gives him powers for like an hour. Like he becomes stronger and stuff like that. That's what really? it is. Yeah. <laughs> I hear those pills you can take to make you strong for up to four yeah, hours. They, they did it on Robot Chicken because uh, they did the Hour Man. But if you're an Hour Man for four hours, you should talk to your doctor. doctor yeah. he's, a, he's the erectile dysfunction man or whatever. Yeah, so it's, they made a joke about it. Um, is this uh, is this grounds for a good TV show, Glenn? Do you think is there is there uh, is there enough stuff to dig into for a TV show with this guy, or do you not even know enough about it? I, I don't really know enough about him. He's not. He hasn't been like any of the major storylines besides like Infinite on uh, was it Infinite on Infinite Crisis on multiple Earths or whatever it is. Right, 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 right. Uh, yeah, he's right. he's in a, it a little bit, but no, he's not. <laughs> he's very much so down the totem pole. He's probably up there with Captain Boomerang. He's <laughs> he's he's very much so an afterthought. Captain Boomerang. <laughs> Because when you said that, whenever you posted that on Facebook, and I was kind of like, really? Like, there's there's a lot of other B-casters they could uh, 
they could focus on if they wanted to go that route. I mean, uh, he's really tailor made for TV, though, because I mean, you know, oh, yeah. no. what's an hour long TV show these days? Forty eight minutes. So right. if he takes that pill and they do it in real time, it should be nonstop action. Oh, like twenty four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just like twenty four. <laughs> Where you, you just shows. know before each week that you know the, the first shot of every show should be him taking the pill, but he could do it in different ways. But you know, as soon as the pill goes, that could be like the opening credits. Then the, he's just <laughs> our man. The low ranking that uh, that Glenn is putting our man on. I, I keep thinking of that uh, that uh, like a modified quote from Space or whatever, where our man makes Aquaman look like fucking Shaft. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> but uh, as far as as far as as far as Arrow goes, um, I'm so happy to announce that I I caught up with all of season one, and uh, I caught up on the uh, the first four episodes of season two, and then watched the most recent episode as it actually aired. I, I've gotten that into the show that I've caught up to the point where I can now watch it as the episodes air. And uh, by the way, I, I've got to say I don't know how you guys are feeling about it but uh i nearly shit my pants when i heard a mention of raz al ghul and uh league of assassins and things like that so i was i was very pleased to see the the progress they're making in this show um are you are you guys digging um what we've been seeing i know i know glenn isn't all the way through uh arrow yet but um i know aaron can can help me out here are you are you digging what you're seeing so far yeah i mean the uh when they reintroduced uh canary i mean they really uh they really started talking like the, you know, Rosal Gold in the League of Shadows has been mentioned in every episode since, you know, she's become uh, a, a steady part of the show. So, I mean, it, yeah, I, I mean, I, basically I'm last really week's episode, well, I mean, yeah, basically last week's whole episode was just them beating the shit out of ninjas. Uh, yeah, and, was like and, the and there'll be more of that to come. I mean, as they tend to use more villains, we know that, you know, this upcoming episode, they're going to be going to Russia and dealing with Deadshot again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Stephen Amell on his Twitter, he's been really active lately, like posting a lot of old Justice League covers where, it, you know, they specifically state Green Arrow is a part of the Justice League. Right. So, I mean, that tied in with a few of the rumors we've been hearing that we'll talk about here shortly with uh, the Batman versus Superman movie. I mean, you know, it, it would make sense, like, to do what Marvel's doing to have a weekly tie-in TV show. To throw this guy in there, I mean, you know, the, it's it's one of the more popular shows. It's uh, it's comic booky enough to where it's away from Nolan's, uh, you know, Nolan verse, but it's dark enough yeah. to where it's kind of fit the tone of what they're doing. So it's you know, it, it's interesting to see what's going to happen. And uh, obviously, they're they made they made sure that to split this show from that Nolan verse, obviously, because Ra's al Ghul is still alive in this universe, and it's the League of Assassins, not the League of Shadows, which the League of Assassins, I think, eventually just started become to be called right after a while or something or they they had a meeting and changed the name via democratic vote or something i'm not sure how that all worked but i do know <laughs> that it started as league of assassins <laughs> like they had a, they had a meeting where everybody cast a ballot but uh <laughs> if i glenn if i remember correctly didn't they start out as the league of assassins and then turn into the league of shadows yes uh, I, well i know that's i know that's a fact because uh, as soon as they mentioned league of assassins i'm like that sounds familiar, but I thought it was League of Shadows. And then I looked it up, and like, yeah, League of Assassins was the uh, the oh. original name. Yeah, yeah. They even yeah. shouted out uh, Talia Al Ghul in last week's episode as well. Yes, they did. Um, yeah, I was. Uh, I, I've been. I've been super, super pleased with all this. And and obviously, so it's not tied to the Nolan verse. They've established that. Um, but are they going to establish that it's tied to the Snyder verse or whatever the fuck they want to call it? I, I think they're going to have to. 
I mean, I think it it might be too confusing at this point to where you know if they all of a sudden just cast a different Green Arrow, why would they why would they murder you know their only you know TV show when they have a good when they have a good thing, right? Right. Yes. I mean, they 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 have to include this guy. There's no way they can't. Uh, Glenn, are you on the you on the same page there? Oh yeah, no. I just uh, when you said Snyder verse, I thought, I thought what you should have said was the piece of crap verse. <laughs> okay. You haven't even so, had. We haven't even had Superman versus Batman. We don't know what he's going to do with Batman. But yet. we had Superman already. I know. You didn't like Man of Steel. It, I didn't. I didn't not like it. It. I it just it wasn't. Three. It just yeah. wasn't everything he hoped for. Uh, yeah, I was hoping it was going to be amazing, and it was. Nah. Like it even. <laughs> it, it man. Like we, we. I just went out to dinner, and we were just saw. I was like, oh yeah, Superman comes out next week, and I'm like, eh. Like yeah, I guess it comes out next week. Like yeah, we'll I don't see. like I don't like Superman at all, and I gave it a higher score than Glenn did by a half a geek. Yeah, I'm not a DC guy either, and you know until I had seen Thor, I thought it was the best movie of the year. The um, so we are oh speaking of Batman, and it's on the website as well. Glenn reviewed <laughs> Batman Arkham Origins for the for the PS3 and enjoyed it as well. Um, yeah. Are you feeling you're? I think you're feeling what kind of a lot of other people are feeling. Though is that they didn't make enough changes to the game, I guess, or they didn't um, like it. Still feels very much like the last game, but just with a new story or something like that. I saw a lot of people saying like that's a complaint they had. Like they they didn't really they just gave you another really good. I don't I don't even know if that's a complaint. I mean, you gave it four geeky glasses. I guess I guess if the biggest complaint is uh, all they did was give us another great story to play through. Um, that's not a big complaint, but it sounds like they didn't change a lot of the, what made the game good. I guess in some ways, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But I don't know. What are your, what are your, what are your feelings? My biggest problem was like the way Arkham City ended. Mm -hmm. And I I just thought it was really ballsy on rock or EDO's Rocksteady's part of being like killing a Joker. We're going to kill the Joker. Let's see what we can do after this. And then, of course, I guess Warner Brothers, I, they just got scared. Like, well, we'll give it to our company to make the game. What do you all want to do? Oh, shit, man. What are we going to do with Batman? We need the Let's Joker. Let's do an origin story because, God damn it, we need the Joker. Right. I just hate that you know they had to go that route because the way Arkham City ended, there was like, all the different side missions. Like It was going to lead into... You know, there's so many different ways they could go. They could go with Hush you know, becoming Bruce Wayne and doing it kind of that way. They could go with Azrael basically burning Gotham to the ground. Like there was just different ways they could have gone about it, and they had to use the Joker crutch again. And it right. just—I mean, I like the things they did with it. Like, kind of, I love how you know showing how Harley or Harley and Quinzel becomes Harley Queen, and seeing that kind of beginning, and seeing do it like going through and seeing joke, seeing things through the Joker's crazy eyes a little bit. Like I like the little things they did with it. It was just like I get so tired of them always having to make Joker be the bad guy. Like it's, you know, at least with some of the Superman stuff, it's not always Lex Luthor. I mean, majority is going to be Lex Luthor, but it's not right eh, when it's not, when it's not like when it's not Lex Luthor. It's sad if we all know that. Yeah, and they you know, switch back and forth. Try. There's only two yeah. villains in Superman, as far as I'm aware, Glenn, and it's Lex and Zod. And as far as I know, well, that's haven't it. they already announced that the the sequel is going to be going back to Rocksteady? I don't know yet. Didn't, Even if what the I, I thought I just be. read something about that. Is that it, it's going to go back? That would be so. nice. I haven't I haven't played the new game yet, but um, I thoroughly loved Arkham City. I thought that was tremendous. So yeah. yeah, I'm I'm 
I'm done with that. I don't know. I mean, Glenn's not saying he disliked the game, so nobody get him wrong on that account. He yeah. liked the he liked the game. Um, I think he's just saying he didn't like that they felt the need to, you know, you can't kill off the Joker. We need the Joker. Let's do an origin story and include the Joker because nobody will buy the game if the Joker's not in it. Uh, and that's the mentality, I guess, that they had. Uh, yeah. I think people would have bought it anyway because Arkham City was such a good game that you're like, oh, I don't give a shit. Here's my money. I'll, I won't even look at the case. I don't even want to know who's in this game. I just know that you're making it. It's a Batman game, and it's a sequel to the last game. I think that's all you really needed because the last game was so well done. But yeah, I, so I can see your I can see your complaint. Even if the story is really well done, um, I I, uh, I understand your desire for fresher content. I mean, it was cool, you know, seeing him and Gordon uh, Gordon basically hating him throughout the whole game, and then him coming around and mm-hmm. not seeing Barbara Gordon in a wheelchair. Um, and you know if they ever did a sequel part, if they'll include that and make it Killing Joke, and because they've said this is year two, right? Year three is when Dick Grayson shows up. So if they, I don't know if they're like gonna do games that lead up into the first Arkham Asylum game, or they're just gonna mm-hmm. uh, origin and then they're gonna carry it on from Arkham City, right? Uh, it's just, and then the other thing is, I think I put it in there with they they give you like the electric gloves. And you do the same thing twice in a span of like ten minutes of gameplay, and that right. is like a twist of like, oh, Alfred's dead. Oh, use electric gloves; that'll save him. Right. And then, oh, I gotta kill Bane because if I don't kill Bane, everybody else dies. And it's like, well, I won't really kill him. I'll use my gloves to save him. And it's like, what? And I think I wrote a really stupid thing about what the writers' room went through in that moment. But, right. Uh, well, you know, I mean, and you know, there's a lot of characters where you can't really do suspense. Yeah, uh, because you know that all those characters survive into the future or whatever. Yeah, that's always a problem when you do uh, when you do games like or when you do anything like that when you tell any kind of story that involves uh, flashing back from you know a present set you know uh, from a universe that you've already established. You're yeah. like you know so if they ever do a Thor prequel, you know Thor will never be in any true danger because you know Thor lives on to be in the other movies that have already been made. You know that sort of thing. Well, I mean, uh, unless Brett Ratner starts directing video games, then you know, <laughs> fuck you. That's why. Of course. Um, before we talk about, uh, we got some. Aaron, Aaron, I think has some Man of Steel stuff to to bring up, and we're going to talk a little bit about Thor first, uh, or as well, not not first, but uh, first shopping on Amazon. This is actually a great week to to bring this up. I know we talk about it every goddamn week, but this is a great week to bring it up because you know, as we know, holiday season. Uh, Black Friday, all that stuff is coming up, and uh, we got a big movie release this week. And what there's really no more of a perfect time, especially if you're looking to hide it away in your closet to give it to your kids at Christmas or whatever. Uh, do it by shopping at Amazon, but do that by going to cinemageekly.com first, clicking the Amazon logo on our front page on the right hand side, which shall take you to Amazon like normal, and you shop like normal, and you pay absolutely nothing extra. But six to ten percent of your purchase gets sent right back to Cinema Geekly to support this website, and uh, of course, I'm talking about uh, Turbo, you guys, as that's the big movie that's coming out on Blu-ray. Well, this my week. kid cannot. Yeah, she's she's gonna be all over that film, guaranteed. Every time that commercial comes on, man, she just stops whatever she's doing and just stares right at the TV. Colors and moving bug things and yeah, Turbo and uh, Turbo 3D and of course, obviously, what I'm really talking about is the Man of Steel release. Uh, that's on Blu-ray, Blu-ray 3D, and a gift box set is also coming out, which uh, I don't even know what's in the gift box. 
Um, I think Henry Cavill might have clipped some of his toenails in some of them, and the other <laughs> yeah. ones might just be like random toilet hair. Yeah, he's like he's just a really. Pu- yeah, I could see that. But I think those might be like one fifty each on Amazon. But you know, be sure you use the CG link to get to it. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I believe one one lucky buyer gets a pair of his uh, worn underwear or something underwear he's actually worn uh, comes in the box. So the Blu-ray, you I believe, can come is actually... in the box too. <laughs> the mm. Blu-ray, the Blu-ray is actually wrapped in the underwear, so that's what's uh, keeping it clean. I think the uh, <laughs> if I remember correctly, the uh, the box that just comes in a it's kind of a special metal case. It's the that's uh, his glyph. It's just his S. <laughs> yes. No, that is correct. Thank you. Uh, you said you said glyph, right? I didn't, okay. <laughs> what do you What do you think I said, Glenn? Uh, not glyph. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, just whichever you'd prefer to hear. We're going to a dark world here on the Cinema Geekly podcast. Zombie sex week. chat coming back. <laughs> um, so, what are, what have we been hearing on the uh, the Superman v Batman film, Aaron? Uh, one little tidbit, real quick on the on the Blu-ray. Uh, at one in some of the deleted scenes and extra materials on there, there's another scrambled sort of communication mm-hmm. uh, from a couple of members uh, of the Kryptonian Society, and uh, they make very specific mention of Burton's curse and uh, Doomsday. Oh, so okay. th- they're already laying Easter eggs a little bit for a future, you know, Superman Doomsday kind of movie coming down the pipe. So that's that was interesting. Uh, but a lot of big rumors as of late are that. Uh, we always kind of knew Wonder Woman was being looked at to be uh, I down the movie, but apparently there are three front runners uh, for the film now. Oh, okay. For the role, uh, Gal Gadot, she was in Fast Six. Elodie Young and uh, Olga Kirilenko, she was the uh, the super hot Bond girl in Quantum of Solace. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, <laughs> they're all. Uh, Glenn's like they, the best They all part kind of, of fit movie. the bill physically, as far as you know, being tall, you know, really pretty brunettes. I just don't know yes. if they could be physically. You mean? Right. Strong enough, but again, you know, you get you get them training fast enough, you know, who knows? But on top of that is that uh, there are rumors going around now that uh, Nightwing will also be in the movie. Oh, Nightwing, of course. Yeah. Not so it's uh, it, it's Night definitely going to be, especially with you know the Affleck being the bats. You know, it's Batman's going to been around for a while, but I mean, if there's Batman and Nightwing both in Gotham City, and nobody has identified these as superheroes yet, I mean, that they're going to have a lot of quick storytelling. Uh, to get established in the, in the beating of Batman vs Superman to convince everybody of this shit. And very quickly, before somebody says, uh, before people go to their Twitter machines and angrily type at me, yes, I meant to say Moon Knight, not Night Moon. <laughs> <laughs> Corrections <laughs> Department here at Cinema Geekly. Uh, <laughs> uh, now hold on. now here's a here's a topic of conversation I've been seeing, especially since the Marvel uh, Netflix announcement. A lot of people are are saying like uh, DC was having a hard time just catching up uh, to Marvel in the kind of universe that they've built, and now a lot of people are saying, at least based on what DC has done so far, that it feels like they're not even in the race anymore because they've got all the Marvel has all these movies in the pipeline. Um, Thor, we don't have the uh, Thor. I don't know if you guys saw the box office from overseas, but it did over yeah, 100, 100 million in its first weekend. Um, and they're so all these movies in the pipeline. They've got their show on ABC. They've got the four shows coming to Netflix plus the miniseries. They're all interconnected. Oh, and, and, right, and don't forget the uh, the other ABC show, the agent uh, Peggy Carter of Shield. Are they doing that? Yeah, the, the, I didn't that show's going to be on ABC as well. Yeah. Wow, that's that's excellent. Yeah. Uh, and based on the one shot that I uh, and it's also going to star the, the beautiful Haley Atwell too, which oh. I'm really excited for. I know. 
Mm. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, uh, but yeah, it, it just it feels like DC manages one or two good things from time to time, but none of them are interconnected in the same way that all the Marvel movies are. Like the there was the Nolan verse, obviously that received a lot of critical acclaim and did very well, uh, but that's completely disconnected from the Superman movie. Uh, and Arrow, obviously we would like to think they would interconnect it, but there's really nothing officially saying that, yes, these things are all interconnected and they're, uh, but you would think with the flash being in the justice league and they're doing a flash TV show, you'd think that these things would, would in fact all be interconnected, but they haven't really gone out of their way to say, yes, these things are all interconnected. Um, so does it feel like DC's kind of not even in the race anymore and it's just Marvel all by themselves now? That's definitely what it feels like. My only fear with DC stuff, I mean, is that we're already kind of start to sense it with all the rumors we've been hearing about Batman vs Superman. You know, with with them trying to cram in Wonder Woman, who will be apparently pretty prominently featured, and also Nightwing. I mean, if they, it feels like they're trying to cram way too much in just to try to get caught up to Marvel. Yeah. That they're going to sacrifice a lot of good stories with these characters. I mean. As as not even origin stories, just you know, if they're gonna if you're gonna pick up with an old Batman and Nightwing, I mean, just have the Bat movie just be that, and then just have them at the end of the movie. Maybe he sees like a video clip, you know, a news clip of you know Superman and Zod going toe. I mean, just something that they they're gonna cram way too much into a small amount of time. Mm-hmm. And you know, this this is definitely another reason why I think they're gonna have to include uh, the Arrow. And uh, and the Flash, the Green Arrow and Flash from the uh, the TV shows, is that they already they have two two established characters that you know will offer them a, a bit of catch up, I guess. Right, right. Um, so Aaron and I haven't uh, have seen Thor: The Dark World. Glenn hasn't, so we're going to try to keep it as uh, spoiler free as possible. I think I oh, tried to Glenn, do that. Fucker. I tried to do that in my <laughs> review uh, and not include any major spoilers. Um, but I, I, I gave it, I gave it three and a half. I, I liked it. I, I really did. I, I, I basically liked it about as much as I liked the, the first Thor movie, but I, I don't know for me. Um, I'm, I'm happy with how they did the movie, but I just know there's going to be a bunch of people that are going to, that are going to shit on it because it didn't really, it just felt like a movie that is just there to help further along the road to Avengers age of Ultron. Oh, no way. Um, there's definitely no. There's definitely going to be people that are going to treat the movie like that, Aaron, for sure. I, I really, I really don't see how. I mean, there were no, you know, besides a, a couple of obvious, you know, references to the Avengers, what happened in New York, and all that. I mean, right. this was a standalone as a movie as you're going to get. Well, no, I mean, not not in that vein. A lot of people were just like they had to make the first Thor movie because Thor was going to be an Avengers, so they just had to make it because you know, I mean, and that's what they're. You know, Thor is going to be in the next Avengers movie, so they have to do a second Thor movie. So they're just throwing it out there. It doesn't add anything to the mythos or whatever. Um, and you know, in a lot of ways, it is totally a standalone. Uh, and in a lot of ways, it it really didn't to me. I think the mid credit scene contributed more towards the ongoing storyline than the actual movie did per se. But it, uh, I, I'll say, I'll say this: the mid credit scene does add on more to. A storyline, but it's it's not Avengers three or Avengers two. It's going to be Avengers three. Oh yeah, yeah. They're, this is. I mean, you thought you thought Agents of Shield was a slow burn. Everybody, they're doing the Thanos burn for like a. We're, we've got like another three or four years before. <laughs> I'm telling you, <laughs> there's no up. way Vin Diesel is not playing Thanos in Guardians of the Galaxy. It's got to be right. 
He he's got to be. Yeah, I mean, it, with that mid credit scene and the lead in they did, and just you seeing Benicio del Toro just really knocking a fucking home run out in about two minutes of just footage. As far as his, you know, what he's doing with the collector, I mean, oh my Christ, I cannot wait for Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, I thought, by the way, I thought Alan Taylor did a good, uh, a real good job with this movie. Oh, it was so good. God damn. It, it was like it, it, there were moments, like you said, uh, that I, I really agreed with of uh, Game of Thrones where you kind of got that real sense of just like, man, shit is getting real uh, mm-hmm. in Asgard right now. But then but it was still very comic booky. Like, you know, they're they're, they're uh, the relate like the kind of good cop, bad cop thing between Thor and Loki and the second was great to me. I loved it. Just yeah. seeing those two just go off one another like that. Uh, I mean, and I said it's like, you know, because. Alan Taylor's been more recently been doing Game of Thrones. I think his last, the last movie that I found of his that actually got more than a handful of reviews that he directed was from 2001. Uh, and that's, so that's a, so lately he's just been doing H, uh, HBO's Game of Thrones. And, and as I said in the review, it's like really who better to direct a movie that's laced with bits of, you know, medieval fantasy type imagery and uh, he he did an excellent job. And also, I, I've got to say, I don't this this can't be a coincidence, but there was a really prominent shot with a crow at, near the beginning, like ten minutes into the movie. There's like a crow, and it goes flying and lands on a guy and caws. It probably didn't have three eyes, but come on, that's that's got to be a Game of Thrones reference of some sort, right? Well, no, that, that's that, that's for Raven, or uh, I'm, I'm sorry, or for Raven, Raven. Uh, for, for Odin. Right. Uh, Odin has two ravens, uh, Huggin and. Christ, uh, Huggin and, and Munnin, uh, I think, are their names, and they're kind of his. Uh, they're essentially their, you know, his his second sight, I guess, uh, I as know. far I mean, as like I... what's going on in the realm. I mean, so it, it was kind of Game of Thrones. I think right. the people who don't really know like a whole heck of a lot, right. like about I did not Odin, know that like about the Ravens, you're, so. right? Yeah, yeah. I could definitely see like, oh, that's from Game of Thrones. Right. I mean, you know, it, it kind of yes and kind of no. It could uh, be. I mean, it could double. <laughs> I mean, it could it could double as as both but yeah i also noted that some people uh, some fairly important characters die in the movie and i write uncertain if george rr R. martin got a writing credit for this film so <laughs> shit uh, and also some... uh that one scene where thor banged loki that was very game of thrones too. oh absolutely yeah incestuous sibling kind of that was a little weird yeah i gotta say it was kind of yeah. strange it was weird until they kissed and then it just felt really loving and tender yeah the, uh, the sheer amount of nudity i think is what was disturbing to me i just we haven't really seen anything like that in a disney produced film before so yeah um, it, it was almost as creepy as the hunchback of notre dame <laughs> that movie was just so like rape innuendoing heavy <laughs> oh so creepy of a movie i think it's by the way i think it's safe to say uh chris hemsworth was was excellent as as usual but uh tom hiddleston come on everybody let's give it up for tom he's so fucking good as low-key oh god yeah the, the guy is just you know it, 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 in a movie with Anthony Hopkins, I mean, you know, just mm-hmm. basically, you know, he he's playing a god, so he can really just be over the top and just he's kind of bring it, like a yes. lot of power to it. Goddamn, did he have some great lines in this movie? But yeah, but Tom Hiddleston is just—he's teaching a goddamn clinic out there, man. Yeah, I. Uh... And I gotta say this, like, Jamie Alexander is just might be the sexiest thing I think I've ever seen. It is just yeah. ridiculous, like the. The Sith. Just oh, woof, good lord. You know that was it me? I couldn't have just been me. It seemed like they were really heavily teasing some sort of dissension between, uh, at least on one sided dissension between Sif and Jane Foster. Like she constantly gave her like looks, like oh yeah, because you know she's she's taking her man. I mean, right. and I think you know uh, Odin kind of hinted at that a little bit. You know, like you know he said she's only a mortal, so maybe his fear is that you know Jane can't really handle the thunder. 
<laughs> that Thor's bringing, and it, it it will take a, an Asgardian sort of a uh, immortal-ish woman to yeah. to handle it. He would make her Thor. Let's just be honest. Oh, but doom! Thank you. Beautiful. Thank you. I'll be here <laughs> no, uh, all week. <laughs> any fans of the comic? I mean, you know, you know what's coming. So, I mean, it, it's it's pretty interesting that they're laying these seeds. That, you know, they actually might stick to the mythos a little bit. So it's. Uh, God damn, such a great time to be a nerd. I would I would pay to see a Loki solo film. I, I said that in the uh, review, and I'm not just bullshit. I would totally, if they did a, I don't I don't give a shit that he's a villain. I would watch a Loki solo film. He's just so awesome. I I just listened to him, uh, Tom Hiddleston on uh, on Nerdist, and uh, between him and uh, uh, Chris Hardwick, they devised a television show uh, that crosses. Uh, like Loki with Doctor Who and Loki is the Doctor's companion and uh, they travel all through time causing shenanigans and whatnot. Uh, I would, I would, I would totally be fine with it. Also, there's a great scene where uh, they, uh, Loki uh, transforms into various other uh, characters. Oh man, you talk about some surprises in that scene right there. Like I, I really Spoil- like, I avoided, I avoided the web and that was shit. Yeah. I was blown. It's not a blown big spoiler. It's not mind. crucial to the, it's not crucial to the plot. It's just a, so go ahead and spoil it. Glenn, you could plug your ears if you want to, but go ahead and, and go ahead and spoil it. Cause I, I think it's just <laughs> at, a fun Easter egg. At, at one point as Thor and Loki are, are uh, devising their plan, like they're devising the plan to escape the Asgardian uh, jail from underneath the palace mm-hmm. as they're escaping, they're coming up with a plan and Loki figures they can, uh, he can alter his appearance. Like everybody knows he can do this. So he goes from an Asgardian guard uh, you know, and Thor is Thor. He switches up to where Loki is Loki, but Thor is uh, Sif. Yeah. And then uh, it switches back to where Thor is Thor, but then Loki is Captain America, Steve Rogers. And but yep. you know, it's, instead of Loki's voice over the previous two people, uh, it's Chris Evans. Know, yeah. It's Chris Evans actually. Like you know, he embodied Thor or Loki. I mean, he was had a, very Loki mannerisms. Uh, he, the way he spoke. I mean, it was really just. Oh yeah. Well done. Yeah. Awesome. Outstanding. I, I, as much as I love Stanley, Chris Evans' cameo on that movie was way better than Stanley's. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, the uh, the end credits before we move uh, before we move on towards the end of the show, there is an end credit scene as well that kind of has it's like a frost giant, right? Very shawarma so, scene, very shawarma. Yeah, it's a uh, there's like a frost so, giant wa- uh, wandering around after well, this whole. Was it the frost giant or was it that beast thing that that got through uh, in the previous point in the movie? Oh, it may, it may have been that. I thought like it was the a frost thing. giant beast or whatever it was, like the yeah. little four-legged deal. Um, my only, my only, can, my only thought was was this because I know they said that the Shield show directly is going to intersect with this. Do you think the Shield show could deal with that? Is that a thing that could be like the tie-in to the Shield show, or will it be something completely different, like unrelated to anything that was post credits or whatever? Well, that was a pretty large, you know, alien ship that crashed, so maybe they'll ha- they'll have to go and inspect some wreckage or something. Yes. Um, I'm I'm curious to see what they do. Um, I'm I'm not trying to read too far ahead, even to the synopsis of of, of the Shield show. I want to kind of be surprised as it comes up because uh, it it was fun for us discovering the uh, the Chitari helmet uh, in last week's episode when they when they when they finally revealed that we're like holy shit, you know? Oh yeah, uh, that's so cool. I mean, so that that's excellent. I mean, yes, they're not. There's no superhero battles every week on Agents of Shield. I'm sorry, but. Uh, and I, I got to say, Christopher Eccleston as Malekith oh, was yeah, yeah. awesome. Like, my wife didn't even know it was him until we were getting ready to leave. I was like, man, that doctor. And she's like, what doctor? And I was like, nine. She's like, no way. Like, she was kind of freaking out. Like, she couldn't even tell it was him. But yeah, he was, goddamn, could that dude do evil? So good. It was very well done, yeah. Um, 
I mean, he wasn't in it a, a whole ton, but uh, yeah, he was. He was. He was. Uh, he was excellent. In fact, they gave. Uh, they gave way more to Kat Dennings than I thought they were going to give her as well. She had. They a, gave her more, more than what she should have had. I mean, it, yeah. I get that she was. She was the plucky kind of comic relief uh of the first one but it was unnecessary with the amount of it you know just kind of it wasn't really jokey but th- there was a good a good portion of humor just in between you know the, right. the characters we actually give a shit about so right. i mean oh and I, and I and i like that they kind of continued the beat of uh eric selvig kind of being a little fucked up still from the post events of of uh you know the battle of new york or whatever so he's that i liked um and, uh, good uh, continuity uh, Adewale uh, Agbaje also as Algrim and then later as Curse. Mm-hmm. Super good. God, I really wish Marvel would have gotten the ball going 10 years ago on the MCU because I couldn't think of anyone better to be Black Panther. The um, Oh, before we, uh, before we wrap things up, I would be uh, remiss if to not uh, to, to bring this up, obviously, completely unmovie-related-like, but in relation to the Cinema Geekly website. I don't know if you guys almost completely forgot about this, but there was a big fucking hurricane that happened, and Stephanie lives in the Philippines where this hurricane hit. And oh, there's shit, like, that's right. There's like a thousand people, I think, are, are feared dead and everything. Anyway, um, I, I just wanted to, to let everybody know, got in contact with her. Uh, she lives in Manila, so that's the capital city, and she said they were lucky. They, they barely got anything there, actually. It was like light rain and stuff, but she does know people who uh, have families that live in the affected areas where there's still not power and they still haven't contacted people and stuff. So uh, wow. best thoughts and wishes and stuff go out to go out to those uh, people in the Philippines and stuff that, that truly Absolutely. sucks. Dick pales in land, comparison to move land of my birth. Yes, really? I did not know that. You yeah, mentioned sure this, have you mentioned this before? You probably have, and I've completely forgotten about it, but uh, I, who knows? I mean, you know, all, all the Marvel talks kind of melted my brain. the past couple <laughs> <of> years. <laughs> Yeah, let's uh, let's move. Yeah, I know this is an uh, this is a terrible fucking ham-fisted segue, but let's move from uh, disastrous hurricane to talking about the top of the box office. You guys, <laughs> the top ten movies that made fucking money, because um, it was a. Uh, I don't know. I want to I want to talk about the number one movie for a second here, but number ten was Carrie, uh, which did not do that. So this movie did not fare well at the box office. Um, no matter how you slice it, uh, the counselor was number nine. Cloud of the Chance of Meatballs two uh, was number eight. Twelve Years a Slave was actually number seven in the box office. I, I have to presume, Glenn, that this is doing better box office than they were expecting. I want to say. Oh, it's still limited. It's not wide yet. Yeah, I mean, and it's still doing pretty good. Oh yeah, no. Uh, Captain Phillips was uh, number six. Gravity is in fifth place. It finally, uh, it finally took a, a spill down the ladder. Uh, but that movie made bank, and I don't think anybody was expecting it to do. You mean it's starting much. to crash down to earth? It is. It's Boom. succumbing to gravity. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> uh, Free Birds did uh, 15.8 million. Last Vegas, which is getting mixed reviews, did 16.3. Uh, the movie, a movie you saw, Aaron Jackass presents Bad Grandpa, did 20 million in its opening weekend, 60% on uh, the tomato meter. Yeah, uh, they get a few bucks from me. How did you how did you feel? Was it was it. it a fun entertainment? A couple hours uh, spent or hour and a half? It, it was very fun entertainment. I, I was a little concerned because it, it's hard to tell how a movie like that's going to go. Whether it's going to be just whether it would be kind of like Jackass three, to where it was a lot of really kind of mm. just very disturbing uh, genital mutilation, 
or if it would be more like the TV show. And it was definitely more the TV show, more in line with like the the way they kind of prank people. And you know, they actually managed to tell like a decent story. You know, Johnny Knoxville, right. you know, actually cried. Uh, you know, as, wow, really? As the grandpa interacting with the son at one point in the movie, yeah, it was you know, it was like a a mini mo- movie surrounded by a, a bunch of really fucked up shit happening to strange, uh, helping say, complete strangers. I was gonna say there's an emotional scene in a movie that is pre-titled Jackass Presents. I, I was very surprised as well, but no, it was very good. I mean, it was, yeah, it was excellent. Well, if I've learned anything from Monsters Ball, it's that people who put on makeup deserve awards. So Johnny Knoxville may be up for at least a People's Choice Award, I have to say, this year, if uh, if not a Daytime Emmy. I'm not sure if this is going to garner any <laughs> award consideration from the He's Academy. Got vote. I'll say that. Uh, Ender's Game was the number one movie and uh, I think did a disappointing $27 million in its opening weekend last weekend. I don't know of anybody else, but I, I got to feel like that's a disappointing opening for that movie. No? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I yeah, Shit. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, maybe. I mean, it's a big... I mean, I don't know what the budget is, but I'd have to presume, given the cast and given how it looked and everything, it's a big uh, sci-fi movie with Harrison Ford's attached to it, and it's this well-known book and everything. And it kind of just did a slightly average to below average opening weekend. I mean, that's, I don't know. Glenn, did, did, were you kind of surprised at the box office numbers for that movie? Yeah, I was surprised at how low it was. Because I have a lot of friends that like read the book, but they're like, and they've seen the movie and they say it's awful. Compared to the book? Yeah, or just in general, it's just bad. Which I'm not surprised because I actually think the trailers make it look pretty stupid. Yeah. Yeah, the trailers didn't really do much for me to get super excited. Yeah. Suck it, Orson Scott Card. <laughs> and really an odd weekend to open. Like It is a weird weekend, right? Because it does have a big budget. I mean, I, I want to say it's close to $100 million. Yeah. And for you to have that big of a budget and you're going to open it like on daylight savings time, <laughs> I guess is the holiday that they were going for. <laughs> And, what a, uh, yeah, very a very popular holiday, of course. Yeah, and then like a week be- like, a week before Thor. Yeah, it's just yeah. Oof. just weird timing in general. Mm-hmm. Um, the big uh, the big releases. I think this is a limited release. There's uh, an adaptation of Great Expectations is coming out. Um, I'm gonna have to say uh, lim- I'm presuming limited release. I mean these uh, these movies normally don't get a wide release, but it's a uh, Jeremy Irvine, Helena Bonham Carter, Ralph Fiennes. Uh, Robbie Coltrane. Um, so the cast of Harry Potter does great expectations. Uh, <laughs> uh, doing well in tomato meter, though, 70%. I don't know if anybody's ever seen any other versions of great expectations or read the book, but it's a good story. I wouldn't, I would, I would not be against seeing it. Uh, the book thief. I'm sure people have seen a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, TV spots for this as well. Emily Watson, Jeffrey Rush, uh, I shouldn't just say Jeffrey Rush. I should say the great Jeffrey Rush because he's he's great. He uh, is. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is uh, mixed reviews. Uh, this is um, gosh, what is this about? Uh, young girl sent to live with a foster family in World War II Germany. Intrigued by the only book she brought with her, she begins collecting books as she finds them with the help of her new parents and a secret guest under the stairs. Uh, Harry Potter, I'm guessing. Uh, <laughs> uh, Emily Watson is in this film, so perhaps. And then obviously the big uh, the big release is Thor: The Dark World, uh, which is doing sixty six percent on the tomato meter, uh, which isn't always uh, the a perfect indicator. Eighty seven percent of the audience of Rotten Tomato liked it. 
and that's out of 144,000 reviews. Um, and that, that beats the 183 reviews uh, from uh, the, the critics and stuff. And uh, I would have given it, I would have definitely given it better than 66%, but. Uh, so, it has a 54 on Metacritic. Does it? Yeah. Wow. That's a shame. There's that, some there's some shenanigans afoot there. Yeah, it is definitely not that bad at all. Uh, and to suggest that it's even remotely bad is is a, a complete disservice. It's total. It's totally at worst. If you dislike the first Thor movie, it's on the same exact level <laughs> as the first Thor movie. It's uh, you know, and I think even a sane person would admit that, you know, if, even if they didn't like the first movie, that it's not like an offensively bad movie or whatever. Um, if you like the movie, uh, the first movie, you're definitely going to like, uh, the second movie, even maybe more. Aaron, do you find yourself liking this one more than the first? It, in my opinion, it's the best Marvel movie they've done to date. Really? There you go. Yeah. Although I, I am starting to sense a trend here, Aaron. I think the last, three Marvel movies that have come out, you're like, that's the best one they've done so far. And you're like, nope, I, I, that's I, I, I will take exception with, with uh, Iron Man 3 and then Iron Man 2. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, no, Thor the Dark World, uh, it would go Thor the Dark World, Avengers, and then Captain America, and you know everyone else uh, in there is pretty much a toss-up right. as far as uh, you know, best to worst. I mean, I, I thought Iron Man 3, it, uh, it was a good story, just the, 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 the directing tone of the film wasn't exactly... I don't know. It didn't really blow up my skirt too much. And I love Man of Steel, uh, you know, even though it was kind of meh for Glenn, but I definitely thought uh, Thor The Dark World, you know, is the best comic book movie of the year, easily. It was really well. Uh, I mean, they they stay true. They I, I, I would I would think that I find that they stay truer to the um, to the source. I mean, it's obviously Iron Man 3. They messed with they they've messed with uh, uh, some stuff from the comics. And it always feels like the Thor movies tend to stay a little truer. Uh, to the comic books and stuff. And it was definitely really well done. Um, I, I don't have a lot of complaints about it, but I know that there are going to be people who are going to have complaints about it. So, um, well, I, I guess we'll just leave it at that. Uh, as, uh, as always, you can find everything we were talking about on today's podcast on cinemageekly.com. We have all those reviews up for you to read uh, thoroughly. All of Glenn's awesome blogs are also up there and all the news and stuff. Plus, uh, if that's not enough for you, we post all sorts of supplemental shit on the uh, the social networks, the biggest of which being Facebook, uh, where Aaron and Glenn will both uh, frequently post stuff that they find. Usually, It's usually stuff that's not like worth, hey, cr- let's create a whole new article on the website for it, but uh, awesome tidbits end up on the Facebook page all the time. And we're also on Twitter and Google Plus and Tumblr, all at Cinema Geekly. And uh, for the iTunes crowd... We hang out there frequently. Please rate and review the podcast. You can find us easily. Search for Cinema Geekly. And I believe in the next day or two, we're also going to be, uh, if you're not an Apple person, if you're uh, an Android user on your uh, your smartphone or your tablet, I think we're also going to be available on uh, TuneIn Radio. And you can get the TuneIn Radio app, and we're going to be uh, hanging out on on there as well. And you can listen to the all of Aaron's uh, juicy Cinema Geekly goodness as he's... <laughs> He just lays it down for you. I, I, Aaron, I've, I've gotten compliments about you, sir. It's like, uh, um, it's nice to have somebody talking about comic book movies who actually knows stuff about comic books. And I'm like, oh, well, there's Glenn, too. Glenn knows about comic books. It's just that everything that's coming out is Marvel-related, and Glenn's a super DC guy, and I'm sure I'm sure Glenn would, would, would love for there to be more DC movies made. 
Well, good I don't know. Ones. Would you? Yeah, good. I'm like, good ones. Uh, it's like, well, hold on. They have been making DC movies, and they haven't been very good. Yeah, uh, but yeah. On, on the Marvel side, we also have, even though I'm a big Cage fan, we have Ghost Rider and Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance. So we've, there's been our fair share of turds on this side of the house, too. But you have um, Nicolas Cage. Nick Cage almost balances it out. But if only we could get like the Fantastic Four remade with uh, Gary Busey as the thing. <laughs> I think that'd be a real way to top it. Christopher Walken is Mr. Fantastic. Oh, so good. Uh, God, who could play Sue Storm? I Cloris Luchman. Cloris nah. They, well, now you're just going old. We need something old and, and wacky. Like, we need something kind of kooky. Like, who's White. that lady who played? Uh, who's that lady who played Hatchet Face in Crybaby? Oh, um, remember her? She she had the really the kind of unique uh, <laughs> unique aesthetic. And then Eric Stoltz. <laughs> That in his in his mask makeup uh, as Johnny Storm, I think would would be a really good Fantastic Four. Hatchet face, um, you're a... hatchet face is Sue Storm. Um, God, who is that? Uh, Amy Locaine. No, no, no. She was the hot prep girlfriend. Yeah, Susan I, I, Susan Tyrell. There Susan we go. Tyrell. That might be the one I'm thinking of. <laughs> Tracy Lords, perhaps, or Ricky Lake. No, that'd be a whole different kind of Fantastic Four if it was Tracy Lords. I think. <laughs> More like the Fantastic Nine and Three Quarters. Boom. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> the Fantastic Foursome, of course. Right. The Fantastic Foreskin. <laughs> oh, no. We're, we're, no. We're still on zombie sex chat. Are <laughs> <laughs> oh, we off the rails again? We were Sorry, wandering everybody. into zombie sex chat territory. <laughs> Shit. That, that's when the show goes off the rails. We're gonna oh, uh, go keep checking. Uh, I'll be putting up a couple of uh, our first video reviews uh, coming up to our YouTube page. So that's awesome. That's why Aaron bothered me this morning for the login information for the for the YouTube account. As soon as we that's actually right. get some videos up there, I will link it to the. I'll put it up on our social media buttons. We got a we've got a YouTube account. Uh, we just don't have anything sitting on it right now. So uh, it's there. It's available. It's uh, usable. We just we're gonna figure out the content. To, uh, to put on it. Uh, so yeah, Aaron will Aaron will do some, uh, I guess, uh, visually in-person reviews, and then of course he will be taking his flip phone with him and recording movies in theaters, and then uploading them to our YouTube account. Uh, no, I, I got a better <laughs> idea than that. I, I'm going to film my reaction to the movie as it's playing. Oh, excellent. That way, if you guys want to download that and take it to the movie, you can just sit your phone next to you. That way, I'm like watching the movie with you. Right. It's like. <laughs> You're going on a date. Yeah, yeah, right. it's like going on a date. It's also like the newest wave of like director's commentary. Instead of listening to what the directors are saying as you're watching the movie, you can watch the movie and witness Aaron's reactions to the film as you're watching the film as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll be tremendous. Then you can put me in your pocket and take me home with you. Yeah, see, it'll be excellent. You can save it. Mm-hmm. Keep it. That's awesome. You're welcome, world. <laughs> uh, for Aaron De La Osa and Glenn Bovea, I'm Anthony Lewis. And we'll be back next week on the Cinema Geekly Podcast. Hey, Aaron, I got a question for you. Yeah, what's that? Uh, Who would you say is your favorite DC female superhero who also happens to have an invisible jet? Wow. Uh, Well, she would definitely have to be from the Amazon. And I would want her to be the leader of the Amazon. So if you were, she would be an Amazon Prime. So I would have to say Wonder Woman would be my favorite. Amazon Prime, Aaron. That's amazing that you just happened to drop that reference. It's that's incredible. Uh, because Cinema Geekly has, has sold out to Amazon, as a matter of fact. What you say? Yeah, that's true. Amazon Prime. We love it. In fact, I believe you also use it. I use it as well. 
I use it every day. And just to actually show you, we have absolutely no proof of this, however, but to show you how sincere we are about Amazon Prime, we've been using it long before Cinema Geekly started affiliating itself with Amazon. Yeah, we're old school Amazon backers. We just love it so much. We that, do. Uh, you know, we decided, why not? Let's Let's share it with the world. Let me tell you about it real quick, everybody. It's kind of like Netflix a little bit. There's uh, over 30,000 movies and television shows that you can stream on various devices, like the PlayStation, Xbox, Wii, Roku, uh, TiVo, I think you can get. You can basically get an Amazon Prime app on anything that comes with app capability. The fun does not stop there. If you shop Amazon, I know a lot of people do. Mm -hmm. You don't just get all of the movies and the TV shows streaming for free, but you also get free two-day shipping on literally a gajillion items. And, wow. I don't, and I don't think I am overstating that. I don't believe you are. I mean, to me, that makes it far superior to Netflix because I don't a, get free shipping with Netflix. A gajillion items. Um, if you happen to own the Amazon tablet called the Kindle, not everybody does, but some people do. And if you do have one, especially for your reading purposes, Amazon Prime also gives you the Kindle lending library, which means you can kind of go to the digital library, borrow books. You don't even have to buy them. You can borrow them, read them, send them back and get another book. $79 but that's for the year. That's a one-time payment for the year. And if you piece that out like Netflix, it's actually $20 cheaper than Netflix. And you get free shipping? Free shipping. Wow. Tons of movies, tons of TV shows. Uh, it's got a lot free of this books. Free books. It's got a lot of the same content that Netflix has and some stuff that Netflix doesn't have. They actually have a to. lot of stuff Netflix has. Netflix uh, lost all their license to a lot of stuff like first ESPN, uh, kid shows, uh, things like that that Amazon Prime still has. Stargate, just throwing it out there, big Stargate <laughs> fan. Amazon Prime, they've got a sweet deal going on with us specifically right now, and you don't actually have to spend anything, and you can help us out. There's a banner on top of cinemageekly.com. You click it, it takes you to where you can start a free trial for one month with Amazon Prime. If you sign up for that, Amazon sends us money. How cool is that? They send us money to help with our, uh, our server costs, and uh, bandwidth and all of that internet bullshit. And it doesn't cost you anything to do the free trial. You get it for a month if you love it. Spend 79 bucks and enjoy it for a year because I I am never not subscribing again to Amazon Prime just because it has literally been that helpful. We buy a lot of stuff from Amazon and I like watching television. So take money away from a giant corporation. Right. 